0: Facebook. this is my worst holiday my worst holiday my worst holiday. cool phantom chopper a shrooms party corpse always so deep with a gerbil bereavement one two three psychiatrist can't mean anyone once I never moved in an encyclopedia dad 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 can we get a little kitty but swim with the ancient large bone. This is my worst holiday. In this episode of My Worst Holiday is brought to you by Amazon. That's right, Amazon, the big dog. Hey, if you're going to buy something for Christmas or for any other occasion, just go to our website at myworstholiday.com and order away. You're going to give us a little bit of money, and it's not going to cost you a darn thing. You're going to get what you wanted anyway. You're going to buy it? Go ahead and buy it. But buy it from our website. I got a link right there. Just go to www.myworstholiday.com. Hey, while you're there, kick around. Listen to an episode or two. Why not, huh? I, I think we're funny. Also brought to you by the Purple Mattress Company. Hey, is, there's no pressure if it's purple and I mean that in two ways. Number one, if uh, when you buy it and you're laying on it, there's no pressure. It has a hyper-elastic uh, polymer that's uh, pressure relieving and, and that means a lot. When it contours to your side, especially for your ladies keeping your sp- spine straight, this is what you want. Also buy their mattress sheets. Uh, their sheets are a bamboo fiber. Um, they're stretchy. They contour to your bed great. Um, Buy a pillow. These things are awesome. Also brought to you by Cigar Bundles of Miami, and uh, go to www.cigarbundlesofmiami. Check out their stock. They do all their own hand rolling. They have a fantastic barber pole selection, and they have a triple wrap, which is amazing. This thing's a piece of work. It's a piece of art. You're gonna you're gonna enjoy smoking it just because of the aesthetics of it, let alone that the fact that it's delicious. Hey, check that out and. from a room next to my bathroom in my basement, this is My Worst Holiday, a podcast about your worst wedding, your worst funeral, your worst bachelor party, bachelorette party, date, or whatever you have that's funny or embarrassing after the fact, we want to hear it. So here's the thing, folks. Um, my uh, my recording uh, stuff is, is a little rough right now because Audacity did a download, which uh, caused me to lose a couple microphones, and uh, getting my sound levels has just been a bitch. And uh, so I've been recording, uh, I do a recording and then I play it off my iPad because we do a Facebook Live thing. And the audio turns out to be better off of that. Unfortunately, I didn't have it turned on when Armand uh, Rasmelia, who's a fantastic author, author, he tells some great stories. He's a funny guy, he's intelligent, you're going to love him. Um, but we're going to join him already in uh, mid-story. Uh, But listen to the rest of it, because it is a fantastic episode. Hey, and everybody, enjoy.
1: Have another date with somebody else to make sure that homeless guy isn't sitting on the corner over there. And I'm like, okay, she's not laughed at any of my jokes at all. So for some reason, I got nervous, and I started telling, I don't know why, so I have a type. I I love chunky blondes.
0: Oh, there you go. All right.
1: So I start telling her that, and she's a chunky blonde. I start telling her that. And then I start telling her, for whatever reason, I feel like I'm drowning. I start telling her my dating rules, like, I won't date you more than uh, twice. I don't date a girl more than twice in a week. And uh, I'm dating other people. And, you know, I'm not looking for, like,
0: all these bullshit guy things. That, And she's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. nothing. Uh-huh, right. So we're, walk- we're walking through St. Augustine. And we go to the um,
1: we go to the ice cream place, and I'm like, you know, I'm a big shot. I'll pay for it. you. with like four-dollar ice cream. So I we get up to the counter, and I had just done a book signing the weekend before, so I had a big wad of singles on. So I say, to the, I say, I, I got this, and I, and I take the big wad of singles out, and I, I say to the guy behind the counter, I say, uh, man, it, it's you know, crazy life being a stripper. And he laughs, and she normally would. I'm thinking she laughs, and she says. You only make singles. I make fives and tens. So now the guy laughs
2: laughs his starkness now I'm like, does she even like me at this point? I'm like confused as hell. Does she even like me? So
1: the end of the night, we, we walk back to her car, and I say, can I kiss you goodnight? And she says, yes. So I move in for a kiss, and I kiss her, and then I kiss her again. And then I go to move in for a third one, and she says... Uh, you only ask for one kiss. So I freak out and I turn and run away. <laughs> She's in my car, and leave her in the parking lot and drive home. Just... And the whole time I'm like, holy shit. So then I get home and I go on, of, on I get a message. She sent me a message on oh, Plenty of Fish. Uh, thanks for the night or whatever. And at some point, I think during the night, I had talked about like the movie Swingers where they, they talk in the movie about
0: um, you know don't contact somebody for three days you know or whatever right yeah the rule's three days so right, I her, advice. <laughs> right. So, so I say being trying to be funny to her I say what are you contacting me for the rule is three days yeah to which she says well, do yourself a favor three days from now try to contact me and see what happens okay <laughs> so I'm like like, I just totally,
1: totally blew this. And we actually had, so we actually had a second date, and I think it was like our third date that I realized, oh, but maybe she actually does like me. And actually, we're
0: married now. Uh, three <laughs> so, years that we're married. So but, it must, it like, must have worked. Was, I was like, that was <laughs> like, like if you could screw
1: up a date, I did everything, everything possible, and I, I still am amazed how, uh, how she's married
2: do <laughs> To you. To you. Exactly. You know, I'm amazed. I, I don't understand the concept of going... You know, uh, past guest Phil goes on a lot of dates. Yeah. And you find all sorts of dates. And I've been playing Red Reddem- Redemption like a motherfucker because I, I don't do nothing. Other than kill a lot of people. And I have a
0: very impressive horse collection ladies well i'm like uh, well I'm, I'm glad that like everything worked out for you in the end though i mean that's awesome that that worked out pretty well like even though you thought you blew it during the date everything worked out yeah it didn't he got married yeah, yeah it, it did <laughs> he got married that's right hey, everybody uh everybody that's coming on facebook live i'm going to give a shout out to everybody hey joe mcgaw hey Seek, uh i'm going to give everybody a shout out here in a little bit because we get too many people on here now and i can't i'll keep interdu- uh, interrupting our desk our guest who is? Uh, we're gonna interview. We're gonna announce him again. His Armand, name is Armando Rosamilia. He's an author. Uh, he's a fellow podcaster. I just started his book, "Dirty Deeds." It starts out fantastic. Um, this guy's—he's he's, been—he's uh, been an Smith. author, cocksmith. He's got a nice beard to him. Healthy looking man. Healthy looking man. Um, He's—he's uh, uh, he's been uh, an author for seven years now. I—I I started the Facebook Live thing late because I didn't hit the fucking button because. Um, I'm an idiot. Um, don't pull out the thing. So, anyway. <laughs> so. Uh, usually when he messes up,
2: we play Weeds, You Fucked Up. <laughs> we, we've been on a streak, uh, we're gonna count this as one. We've been on a streak
0: for about five podcasts now. Right, where he uh, just pulls out his phone. You fucked up! <laughs> <laughs> no, that was an awesome story, though. I'm glad that, uh, you and your, your wife, what's what's her name? Shelly. Shelly, I'm glad that you and the lovely Shelly got together. That's awesome. So, so am I. Well, what about it? Like when you first started out, it's like uh, you told her to meet you in the parking garage, and I thought that's a not a good place to just meet somebody. <laughs> there's a, there's this guy nice guy parking garage house. that has very few cameras. I yeah, I pictured like uh, <laughs> like the scene from Red Dragon where exactly. you, it... <laughs> <laughs> Do you like my beard? Do you see? <laughs> you don't like seafood, do you? See? <laughs> you can't get enough Red Dragon references. No, That's a great, what a great movie! <laughs> it was a great movie. The books, that book, uh, the books just as good. Well, that that book, that was that book. It was the first horror movie, uh, book I ever read. Really? Yeah. And I remember I woke up in the middle of the night because I dreamed that Hannibal Lecter and the Red Dragon were over my bed. And they were coming after me because I read their secrets in this book. And I was literally, like, crawling towards my top de- shell, or dresser to get my gun. Like, I was like, ah, yeah, ah! <laughs> so so how,
2: did, how did you get into writing? Uh, so when I was a kid, uh, me and my brother about a year and a half apart. He's younger than me. And we were awful. We just
1: broke shit, and we were just assholes. And my mother punished us all the time. And so I was always punished. And my brother always got to stay in our room because we shared a room and play with toys and stuff. And for some reason, I guess because I was the oldest, I was always punished
2: and put in my parents' room. And there's no toys or anything. All they oh, had was toys. my mother had this entire, well, yeah, I hope not, uh, <laughs> a giant wall of uh, paperback books.
1: So I would... I, I was bored, so I would start reading Dean Koontz books was the first thing I really picked up. And uh, I just got hooked. I just got hooked at 12 years old on reading. And, um, and what? that's what I always, I said to my mother when I was, I, I had to do a report or something when I was in school. And they said, you know, what do you want to be when you,
2: when you grow up and everybody's saying play for the Jets or fireman or police officer or whatever. And I said, I want to be an author. And my mother always says, you should have said, I want to be a rich and famous author. Maybe then it would have come true. Watchers is the creepiest goddamn book ever to read. In a Storm by Dean Koontz. You know, I don't think I ever read a Koontz book. Oh, uh, dude, uh, it's about uh, like the mi- a military genetic with a dog and a monkey, and uh, the dog's good and the yeah. monkey's evil, and uh, he lives in a closet with a guy named Chris. And oh wait, no, that's Family Guy. Oh, okay, uh, <laughs> but, but no, it's just it, it's just creepy. But they're basically they're genetically. Making, like, the monkey smarter and stuff so they can do stuff on Edelfield battlefield. Oh. Well, if something goes horribly awry and they escape and all sorts of jocularity ensues. Jocularity. That's a good word.
0: It is. Jocularity. I, I can't
2: remember the word of the week, so okay. jocularity is the closest you're getting <laughs> That's Eli. what you're getting Sorry. Eli.
0: <laughs> We're part of a podcasting group uh, called... Uh, Podcast Builders League, and they give a word of the week that you're supposed to use. We don't know what it is this week. So. It's a
2: it's a dandy. It's it? like dollywog, or I don't even know what the
0: hell that is. <laughs> Pollywog, Pollywallydoodle all of it. But,
2: but they, you know, they they it's it's like it, Now they're letting other people pick the word, so it's turned into a contest. It's to come up with with the oddest, weirdest, hardest word to get in there. Well,
0: no. okay. That's, That's what we do. So, how many books do you have out?
1: Over 150
0: releases at this point. Wow. Holy wow. cow. You're like L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> yeah. <Holy. laughs> he had one. <laughs> no. no, no, no. He had a bunch. No. Didn't he? L. Ron that holds Story. the record for most books
2: published.
0: Oh, does he? Yeah, they're horrible. Oh, yeah.
2: But <laughs> Dianetics and Battlefield Earth are the only two good books. He, and I'm questioning Dianetics. But, yeah, well, yeah, That's the one where, uh, hey, you should follow me. Yeah, then, but Battlefield Earth was. Uh, the book is great. John Travolta should be executed for the movie. <laughs> I never did watch the movie. Oh, and Fondling Man. And Fondling I don't Man. even. Because it was a movie that they did in like two hours. And I was like, oh, it's so long. I'm like, it should have been like a three-part movie.
0: Oh, really? The, the books? Well, the book's like this thick. Oh, it's like a Melville? Yeah, uh-huh. it, it's massive. Well, if they can wrap Moby Dick up in two hours, you figure they could do Battle Battleship Earth.
2: So now, do you bounce around, or do you do specific genres? Because I know you've done uh, some horror. Uh,
1: mostly horror. Um, crime thrillers. I've done uh, contemporary fiction. I've ghostwritten stuff. Uh, military romance. I've done uh, just a ton of different nonfiction. I've done a bunch of nonfiction books. I just did a nonfiction book this year. Based on um, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, the Double A baseball team for the uh, Miami Marlins. Me and my wife were season ticket holders, so I got to interview the players and interview
2: staff and everything else. And I wrote a basically a book about growing up a baseball fan. See, so, you know that's something I would read. I I like sports books and and nonfiction and you know I I find myself mostly reading nonfiction. That's what I read. I mostly Most of the stuff I'm reading is nonfiction. And it's it's great because it's stuff that I can use in a future book somewhere. I just read a book uh, about Dodge Dodge City. I think that's the one. Yeah, but it's basically a, a lot of Wyatt Earp and Bat Masterson and uh, you know and their family and I mean they touch a little bit on the end at the uh, OK Corral, which the gunfight didn't occur at the OK Corral. It didn't? Uh, no, no. Oh. It, but, you uh, know, it's like down like, the like everything
0: that I've seen, it's like...
2: But, you know, it, down the street and in an alley doesn't sound near as nice as the gunfight at the OK Corral. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, it just basically
2: goes through really bad masters and there's not a lot written on them, so... Uh, I, I take my hats off to people who do nonfiction because you got to do a lot of research and...
0: Yeah, know, that sounds awful, actually, to me. I... uh uh, yeah, no desire to do research. See, like, to me, to me, that's that's a lot of fun. So, like, I was born in Newark, New Jersey.
1: So, I just bought like six or seven nonfiction books about the history of Newark because I want to write uh, something. I might write like a steampunk book set in you know the eighteen hundreds, but I didn't want to do it in London or New York, which is where everybody
2: writes them. Yeah. So I'll do some research. You know, I'll do some research and set it where basically where I where I was born. See now, that, see, now that's interesting to me. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I like doing research and, and uh, uh, you know, I, I like reading nonfiction. I, I like the old west. I mean, I, you know, and someday I hope to go out there and never come back because I'm boring and tour ghost towns and, uh, you know, and then you just realize, like, back then how tough the, the people were. Even in the 20s, though, in, in Newark, New Jersey, You're not gonna get by being a pussy. I mean, it's just uh, you—you know, it's—it's a hard life, and you got immigrants. Everything in the past was a
0: hard life. It's not like there was like (laughs) like but you you know what
2: you hear today about like uh, racism and stuff like that. Right. You know, and and the Irish. I mean, literally, and this is Irish actually
0: had the worst of all of it. Yeah, but
2: then the Irish would turn around and let's say they're uh, they're in the uh, Italian ghetto. Because yeah. that's what they were. And the Irish would be like, look at over there. Not a white man amongst them. I mean, that's... I mean, and it goes all sorts of... Uh, I, I I laugh sometimes when people talk about certain parts of history. And it's like, there are always people in this world, in our history, that have had it way worse than you. Oh, yeah. they, they, oh man, the American Indian. Oh, I, I, I have a new respect. I just, actually, I just read a book on the Apache Wars. And just uh, number one, what amazing fighters they were, and how brave they were, and number two, just how
0: sheer numbers is what do, did them in. Did you uh, did you see that new Netflix thing with John Leguizamo talking about uh, uh, Latin American, uh, the history of Latin America? No. Oh, it's it's pretty good. Well, of course, John Leguizamo, he always puts on a great one-man show anyway. Yeah. You know, but, uh, yeah, he put on a really good one. It's it's pretty decent as far as, uh, like, because there's so little, you know, that you know about uh, Latin American history. Like a it's lot true. of research. Yeah, you just don't hear that much about it, you know. Uh, and, like, all, all the artifacts, like, you get artifacts, like, you get all these ancient artifacts from Egypt, and you get them from, uh, from Rome, and you, and you get all this stuff. You get nothing from there because uh, the white folks took it. Melted yeah. it all down, yep. and now it's theirs. Well, you get so. a lot
2: of, yeah, but you get, like, massive stuff that you're not going to be able to, you know, you're going to get a, how the hell they get a pyramid where right. the Incas were? Right. You know, it's, uh. So, uh,
0: this is all bad, but do you got any other stories there? Yeah. Now that we're done talking history. <laughs> So I, gotta, I, gotta, I, gotta, uh, I got one for you. All right. Back in my... do this. let me do this really quick. Let me do some shout-outs here because uh, they're probably wondering why I'm not shouting out as they're jumping in. Amanda, Blunt Mommy. Blunt Mommy, uh, Wade Wilson from Bickerbots, Amanda now from Blunt right. Mommy, um, and we've got Blake Leventan from Noise Pollution Podcast is watching Look, us. Gee, you got it right this I time. I got it all right this time. I nailed it. Dave be somewhere. Yeah, he probably is. And for you guys that's just joining us again, uh, this is Armand Recilio, and he's an author. Rosemilia. And, Rosemilia. and uh, he's, yeah, I'm getting there. And he's an author. He's a podcaster. Uh, he's uh, he's got over how many how many books did you say? Uh, about 150. 150 books. published works. Yeah. So. What you guys do last week? Yeah. yeah what you, you mean, do last you week? You wrote no three shit. books. <laughs> but his uh, podcast is called the Armcast, Armcast Podcast. Uh, give that a watch, Mike. Manahan's watching. So's Mini Homes. How you doing, the people? Mondo, the Mondo Method Podcast. The Mondo Method Podcast. There you go. All right, so back into it. So what do we got?
1: So I'm in my I'm in my 20s. This is you know the 1990s, early 90s, and a bunch of us. Uh, it's me and my brother, and basically everybody from the block. I grew up with about 15 or 20 people. Uh, we all grew up around the same age, so we're we're down at this bar in Seabright, New Jersey, uh, having a few drinks. And one of the guys, uh, Tom, I'll, I'll call him Tom, since that's his real Oh, good uh, idea. Was really kind of goofy. And so the waitress came up, and he came up, He was always saying these stupid lines to to women, and we always make fun of him. So he he the waitress comes up, and she's like, "What do you want?" And he's like. Uh, you and a, you know, in a, in a Miller light or something cheesy like that.
0: Yeah, you. Did, did, like did she it she hurt? hurt. <laughs> what when you yeah. fell from heaven? <laughs>
1: exactly. Like they would use those. You know, are, are your feet tired? You've been running through my mind all
2: day.
0: <laughs> are there doors. mirrors in your
2: pocket? Because I can see myself in, in your, your pants. pants. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so, uh, so she she walks away. So my brother gets up and goes over to the waitress and says, "Listen." Because there was like twenty of us. She's like, "You're going to get a huge tip if you just help us out." So she comes back to the table and as she's giving the drinks, and she looks Tom, and she was cute. She looks Tom right in the eye and she says, "I just want you to know that was probably the sexiest thing that any man has ever told." Ah! And she walks away, ah! and he gets bright red, like, "Holy shit!" And we're like, "Dude, this chick likes you." So she's flirting with him, like, like crazy, and now she—he doesn't realize. We're like putting $5 bills on the table, and she's like like a, like a stripper. She's picking them up, and then she's making comments, and she keeps winking at him, and she gives them... So we bought... We're like, listen, we're going to buy his drinks. So we're buying his drinks, and she's like, uh, no, you're, honey, your, your money's no good. I'll, I'll pay for this one. So
0: he's <laughs> he's like, really this is the greatest so, night of my life! <laughs> yeah, but, oh my God, and we're, we're egging him on. Man, you're going to score on and on.
1: So we give him um we give her a piece of paper and we say here just give this to him so he's like uh so you know he's like uh hey so tom give ask for her number ask for her number and he's like no 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 so of course she gives him another free drink which i paid for and so he so she says to him why don't you call i'm working late but why don't you call me and she hands him the piece of paper so he looks at it and he's all excited. Oh my God, so we're like, right, let's go next door because there's a club next door. Let's go next door and we'll yes, hang yes, out. Yes. So we're next door now. He's flying, I mean, he's he's excited and he's showing everybody the number. Oh my God, this way he's telling everybody the story, of this chick, and we're behind him like, Shh, don't say anything like and whoever he's telling like, Shh, keep your mouth shut. So the next morning, now we lived across the street from him, me and my brother lived across the street. The next morning, uh um, I, I call tom and i say hey did you call that girl yet and he's like no no i'm gonna call her i'm gonna call her right now And i'm like all right do me a favor though man sing the number to me and he's like what i'm like just sing sing the phone number and he's like why and i'm like just fucking just do it and he's like eight six seven five you motherfucker. Sitting on the couch, laughing her ass off. He comes flying out, runs up the stairs, trying to kill me and my brother. He was so pissed. I uh. so didn't out with us Literally for like three months, he would not go out with us and hang out. And anytime we we saw him, like my brother, we we'd be pulling away. And he'd be out in his yard, and we'd roll down the window and we'd try to say eight
0: six seven five three zero nine.
2: That's too funny. Was her name Jenny?
0: Did she say her I, name I, was... I, I, did she say... She, was, she,
1: was, she probably made about $200 that night in tips from
0: us. Hey, back
2: then, that's big money. Yeah.
0: I think we were drinking, like, dollar beers on, on that night, so... Oh, yeah, so paying for his beers was, on, was pretty easy. more in tips than in uh, beer.
2: So, you were paying 2,000 prices in 1990. Yeah, it was worth it though. <laughs> <laughs> ah, friend.
0: Uh, what are friends for? You know, I mean, that's exactly what friends are for, to do shit like that to you. This guy's like, I'm really knocking it out of the park.
2: That's what friends <laughs> are for. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we, and she laid it on thick i mean
1: she was she was amazing like she would like uh, put the beard like when she put beers down she would make sure she stood next to him and she would like rub her ass against his arm and she would like drape her hand on his shoulder when he, she was talking to him uh, flipping her hair it was awesome she was great
0: so just doing all the little things that made a that made her uh look even a little bit better to him Ah, that's funny. That's funny, just putting on the heavy flirt. You guys are buying the bears and he thinks he's just doing awesome.
1: Yeah, we still have, now that's, uh, you know, that's going back close to 30 years now, and we'll still, uh, every now and then somebody will still bust his chops on Facebook about
2: it, which is great. (laughs) Now when you all meet up, do you immediately play Tommy Two-Tone? Oh, you'd have I would, to. I would
1: imagine there are some people that, 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 uh, that would do that. I haven't seen him. I probably haven't seen him in about 20 years or so, but if I ever went back up to Jersey and ran into him, that would be the first uh, thing I would say to him.
0: Oh, yeah, that would be, that'd be your lead every time. Right. We have, we have a, a former guest, and he uh, privately
2: told me a story about uh, walking out of his house just in time to see the neighbor's Rottweiler shaking his cat to death. <laughs> So, you know, being the kind, caring person I am, whenever we DJ together, I play Shake It Up, because that's what friends do.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what friends do. That's what friends do for each other. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And he plays Journey, because I hate Journey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see how anybody can hate Journey. Journey's awesome. Because they're horrible. They are fantastic. As a band, I understand why people like them. No, I don't. Yeah, uh, I just—they're wonderful musicians, but I fit them in the category of like Pink Floyd and uh, Rush, great musicians. I just don't get it. Just not your cup of tea. No, I, I absolutely hate. I hate Rush.
1: That's probably the, to me that's like the worst band ever. But a lot of people are like Pink Floyd and, and the Doors and all those bands, and I always say the problem with that is I've never gotten high in my life, so it's just really shitty music. Like,
2: you guys all got high all the time and thought, you know, Pink Floyd was the greatest thing ever, and I'm like, that's just shitty boring. Uh, to me, I don't have the intention span to appreciate Pink Floyd. I like, uh... Well, nice... I, I I
0: do, but I've gotten high, too, and yeah. I, I really like them as musicians, so... I,
2: I like, I think they're wonderful <laughs> musicians, uh, but I like me a nice two-minute punk song, or something of that matter you know i think part of the reason i like like the beatles and stuff they don't fuck around two and a half minutes and they're
0: done well they just put together like they were like the fucking uh, the, the monkeys the beatles yeah they were put together they were like a boy band they were like just no, a, they weren't they were no they were no believe me i have read plenty on
2: the <laughs> beatles and
0: they were not they were a skiffle band a skiffle band yeah all right ladies and gentlemen what the fuck is a skiffle band? Uh, that was an old school uh, skiffle music. It's it's
2: it's well, you know. I, I've listened to some skiffle music, and to me, it's just really basic rock and roll music. But
0: <laughs> James Schrader said, uh, "Pink Floyd's background music, background noise when you're immersed in a project." If you say so. There you go. <laughs> or when you're high. So, yes, yeah. yeah. that's his project. <laughs> that's my project. <laughs> I'm getting high. That's my project getting high. I studied that project a lot in high school. Not so much as an adult, but uh, mostly in high school.
2: I did more as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even do it that Skippel often. Skittle
0: was invented by the Romans for uh, courting little, <laughs> little boys. Okay.
2: The no. Chaffee, no, that was Wake Wade Wilson. Wilson. Oh, yeah.
0: The American <laughs> that, that was Death Pool.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, it, it's just really basic rock and roll. I mean, it's like rockabilly, but strip down
0: rockabilly if you can strip down rockabilly. Oh, okay. So what's, uh, what's your newest project? What are you working on right now? What's your, uh, what's your latest, uh, latest book that you're working on? I'm actually working on uh,
1: Dirty, De- Se- Dirty Deeds 7 so you need to uh, read a little faster.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> hey, he's at page four. But uh, I'm always, I, <laughs> I always work
1: on three or four different stories at the same time, so I'm actually working on uh, Dirty Deeds 7. I'm working on a giant book, probably about 100,000 words, that's kind of like a Neil Gaiman-type book called Black and White uh, that I've been doing, and uh, just a lot of other... Just a lot of other things. A couple of horror books I'm doing for publishers,
0: and uh, another nonfiction I'm going to be working on. But
2: like the ghostwriting for
0: somebody else. So that's top secret. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, they can't talk about that one.
2: I'm I'm sure when you're ghostwriting for someone, the last thing they want you to say is I wrote that. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. and yeah, I've done a, I've done a few. There's one that I did a military romance. That it was actually a uh, top seller for a long time. And every time I checked out the charts, that was, like, that's, I can't tell anybody, but
1: that's my book. Basically, I wrote that book. But I got paid very well for it, so I really can't
2: complain. Now, are books, like, uh, do you just get paid once, like, when you ghostwrite it? Or, like, let's say the books, uh, Royalties.
0: Do you get the royalties for it?
1: Usually it's, usually it's just a flat fee up front. Uh, that I'll negotiate, and then basically I don't put my name on it. And I've done a bunch of different um, Hollywood books, like B movies. That some of them I've had my name on. There was a, uh, there's a movie called Navy Seals vs Zombies that was on I think Netflix or Amazon, and I wrote the book version of the movie. Basically, I, I had they'd give me the screenplay and some of the daily shots, and I wrote the book based on that as they were actually filming the movie. And my name is, was actually on that one. Uh, but it was just, again, it's just like a flat, you know, just basically a flat V up front.
2: Oof, that's a tough watch right there.
0: It almost sounds like that would be one of the movies that you'd see on uh, the Sci-Fi channel. you like Mega Octopus versus...
1: That's pretty much exactly...
0: Sharknado. A, exactly what it was. it was. I wrote about seven or eight
1: zombie, uh, zombie books for them. And they all had a bunch of the same scenes. I felt like I just kept writing the same book over and over. And then my wife kept reminding me you're getting paid a lot of money for this just turn your
2: brain off this <laughs> right have you ever wanted to take the same book and change the names and resubmit it and see if they would take it
0: well that's what a zombie that's what a zombie one is I'm pretty sure it's like you're trapped in a, in an area oh, and then oh no there's there's zombies and they're coming at you and uh... I love horror well, what's, stuff what's funny with that is there, there's a couple of them that they they um...
1: I've literally, and they're not going to listen to this, so I'm good. I've literally copied and pasted chapters from one book and put them into the other, and then just rewrote it, because it was the same freaking scene in both. And I've, I've done that like three times, where I'm just like, I already wrote this, so let me just put it in here, but change the character names and, and some of the parts here. But it's pretty much, pretty much any movie that you see, any zombie movie you see with the military where the guys are on the roof, and then the helicopter's coming down to save them, but then the zombies jump up on the helicopter and take the helicopter down. Yeah, I wrote that scene about 400 times now.
2: <laughs> you can't plagiarize yourself. You no, know, you can't. That's <laughs> you cop- I copied me. No, I'm pretty sure legally. Legally? You, know, you probably could plagiarize yourself.
0: <laughs> I, would always, I would always try to add certain uh, lines in, so like- Je ne sais quoi. I, I, wrote- I would be back. <laughs>
2: wrote like 15,
1: maybe 15 books for them, uh, zombie books. And on I think five or six of them I I added the line follow me if you want to live
0: and it snuck through their editors and made it into the book. Which made me very proud. I will return to here again. Take my hand.
2: (laughs) 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 Yeah, there was always a character that said follow me if you want to live
0: and then Uh, They caught it a bunch of times, but I tried to put it in every book and they caught it a bunch of times, but not every time. The character's name's Adolf. Have you you ever watched the the compilation of, uh, you just don't get it, do ya?
2: No. But I have seen the compilation of every motherfucker Sam Jackson has said on
0: screen. Is that right? No, uh, you'll have have to... It's like 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 six minutes long. Is that right? Yeah, you'll have to do the you just don't get it uh, uh, montage. It's pretty funny. You just don't get it, do you? <laughs> all right, man. Well, hey, uh, you got the floor again. Tell us a little bit about yourself. and uh, If you could just list off each title you've written, that would be wonderful. That would be fantastic. You know, I don't even I don't <laughs> remember all of them. What's funny is I'll go, to con- I'll go to a book center convention, and people will start talking about scenes and different things in the book, and I'm like,
1: oh, that sounds really cool. And they're like, well, you wrote it. <laughs> i uh, like, that was 15 books ago. Like, I don't, you know, there's a lot of authors that really love and live their stuff. And like, I'm very proud of everything I've written, but I don't dwell on it. I just move on to the next thing because it's a business and I need to, you
2: know, pay the rent or the electric bill or buy Funko Pops or whatever I'm spending my money on. It. Uh, you're so a man after my own heart. So it's,
1: I'm, I'm right in the middle of collecting uh, all of
2: the Major League Baseball Funko Pops
1: that's uh, that's my latest i'm a i'm a collector of uh of junk but what's cool is so is my wife so we have a she has a room in the house that's a, a collector
0: woman of room. collectibles
1: and it's all linda linda carter wonder woman
0: that's that's what she collects mm.
2: i have a, a baseball car a baseball room with red sox stuff i'm a huge red sox fan Ugh. and then she has a disney room <laughs> god damn it <laughs> uh, where do you find every fucking red sox fan <laughs> on the internet Every fucking one you find. I'm a, I'm a Red Sox fan from New Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey, and I'm a Red Sox fan. Goddamn. And a traitor. And then my
1: office is... <laughs> right. My, my office is uh, Marvel Comics and Zombies and Conan the Barbarian and all kinds of cool stuff. So I had a ton of Funko Pops, but the, the baseball ones are the one. I'm a completist. I'm a, a maniac. I have to have everything, so I can't just collect. Well enough, so I have to collect every version
2: of everything. I'm to the point now to where mostly I'm just looking for stuff that i can get signed at cons and stuff like that uh I just got the uh um, uh creature friend of black lagoon signed by uh, Riku browning which was a thrill of a lifetime oh, nice. because the guy's a million years old mm-hmm. and the last universal monster so Oh, there you go. nobody else cares. And as soon as, you know, the eyes glaze over as soon as I
0: start talking about them. Right. Except for, like, three other people. Thanks, Kenrick and uh, John. John Horsley. (laughs) They're thrilled for me. Spoiler Country podcast. Love those guys, too. Uh, But uh, that's the type of crap I like.
2: I I like getting posters and stuff. I got a pretty decent uh, Devil's Reject poster, which I'm bummed I met Brian posting, and didn't have the poster on me. Oh, um, even he's like, he's like, yeah, I don't do many horror conventions. It's like, God damn it. And he's awesome. Yeah, you never see him. You never see him around. Yeah, I love him. He's, well, he's, he's
1: that typical, he's like me. He's that doofy, you know, metalhead who grew up with the mullet and we listen to all the same
2: music and, you know, all the same comic books and everything else. Yeah. But he was a nice guy every everyone for the most part. It's pretty rare that you meet a celebrity. Every once in a while, you meet one. And you're like, eh. I wasn't really too excited with Chris Evans because number one, he was wearing a fucking Red Sox hat. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, he, and I think he was just sick of people at that point in the day. So, which I don't blame him. who well, do you
1: root
0: for? The Yankees, of course. Well, of course, because nobody else has a team. <laughs> Love the Yankees. I, I've
2: loved the Yankees longer than most. I, I, literally, I have loved the Yankees. Well, not longer than you guys have been alive because you're way older than me. Like three months. Five? Five. Five months,
0: whatever. <laughs> tomato, tomato.
2: But, yeah. but Usually I can tell people, and they're like, oh, it's easy to <sighs> like them. I'm like, look, when I started liking the Yankees, they weren't winning nothing. And then George Steinbrenner bought a whole bunch of World Series. And you know what? Thank you, George Steinbrenner and your family. <laughs> that you definitely need to read um, my book, A View From My Seat, because I grew up, my mother's a Yankee fan, my brother's a Yankee fan, and my, my actually my father's a Tigers fan, and we grew up in the 70s arguing about baseball and I everything. Mean, we still argue about baseball. Back, back you know, my mother called did. me
1: when, when the Red Sox won the World Series, and she was like, hey, you won, fuck you,
2: and she hung up on me. But <laughs> I would have done the same thing to her. I still feel the same way. I was in St. Louis for uh, when the Cubs met uh, the Cardinals in the uh, playoffs, and I'm standing up by the stage and I'm bored because we we were there forever and drinking. And the guy's like, "Everybody, who's won the most World Series?" And of course, I yelled out, "The Yankees!" And he looks at me, covers up the mic, and he's like, "I meant in the National League." I'm like, "Be specific!" <laughs> Good news for you, Cardinals fan. You're not going to win any in the next couple years. <laughs> as long as the Astros... Uh, the, the Astros and the Red
0: Sox are just loaded, unfortunately. Yep. Hey, Ann. All right, well, we're going to wrap this one up. Tell us uh, where they can uh, find you, where they can get their your books. Tell us... Uh, are you on Amazon where they could go to our link and buy all your books? They are on and Amazon. We make money instead of you. That's right. They can go to the Kindle. Uh, yes, I'm sure you'll get Arma. residual. I encourage everyone to do that. I encourage everyone to
1: uh, to use your link and go buy my books. So, Armand Rosamilia on Amazon. You can find all of my releases on there. You can also go to, I'm on Twitter at uh, Armand Author. You can also go to armandrosamiliot.com. I am also on uh, Instagram at Project Entertainment Network, and uh, pre- pretty much anywhere else you can you can see people on social media. I am there for whatever reason. <laughs>
0: And we are My Worst Holiday. You can find us at MyWorstHoliday.com. You can send us emails at MyWorstHoliday at gmail.com. Send boo pictures. Send boo pictures, that's right. And also, like you said before, go to our website and click the Amazon link. You're going to help us out. Uh, you're going to be spending the money uh, on something you're going to be spending the money on anyway. You're just going to be supporting us so we can get great guests like Armand again. Uh, this guy's fantastic. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you be- being here.
2: Because he doesn't come cheap. Oh. Well, yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. yeah. we're not us. paying anybody for this. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> but we get better equipment because I've been battling the equipment we, the we entire did. fucking time we've been talking here. We, we did here. have a guest offer to come on for ten dollars. That was nice of him. Yes, it was. <laughs> like, Do you realize who you're talking to? Yeah, well, ten dollars. Fuck! I've made thirty in the last year. Though so for as many hits as we got from
2: Beastmo, I would buy him a beer. If I there you go. And, and
0: I did buy his t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, yeah he made more off of us than we've made off of anybody that's a pretty goddamn sweet t-shirt. that's a sweet that's a sweet t-shirt and uh so also buy purple mattresses buy your cigars from um, cigar bundles of miami and from a room next to my bathroom in my basement this has been my worst holiday thanks everybody and thank you everybody that's facebook
2: live wade wilson's going